Welcome to The Stoke Fam, the podcast designed to help families adventure more and stress less. On this show, we give you the confidence and inspiration you need to find your Stoke by sharing interviews from real families doing amazing things, conversations with brands who make adventures easier, and all the things we wish we'd known sooner. Come on, let's go! Welcome back, Stoke Fam. Today, I am talking with Lydia from My Adventure Gang. She is a mom who grew up traveling with her family and is now passing on her love of adventure to her family. And some of her favorite things to do are hiking, camping, backpacking, and her home of New England. And she loves to encourage other families to treat every day like an adventure. And I love it because she really embodies that and totally shows us how she treats every day as an adventure with her family. So thank you for joining us, Lydia. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. So today we're diving into a topic that you might think is not related to family adventure because we are going to talk solo adventures, but hear me out. So I think that when... We are parents and especially moms. We're so bad about taking care of everyone else first and not ourselves. And what that can lead to is like mom burnout and planning all of this stuff, right? Without taking the time to replenish ourselves and to give ourselves the time we need to recharge in order to be there and be active participants in our family instead of just going through the motions, right? And so I'm totally guilty of the same thing. And I'm just really excited to have this conversation with Lydia because I'm hoping that I'll get some tips from her too to make this happen more myself. So I'm super excited to dive into this, but before we get into the topic, I would just love to know a little bit more about your story. So Lydia, can you share with us a little bit about how travel and adventure became part of your life? Sure. If there's one thing I can talk about for a long time, it's travel and adventure. (laughs) Um, I'm really lucky that my parents traveled a lot or loved traveling um, and traveled before kids and then continued to travel with us, um, me and my sisters growing up long before travel blogs and <laughs> online resources. But we love to do that as a family and um, we weren't necessarily hikers or campers or outdoor adventures necessarily, but I fell in love with travel. And I think it was late high school. I did a couple camping trips and was rock climbing in a gym and kind of fell in love with that sort of outdoor adventure and pursued that a fair amount through college. I think as I was graduating college, I even thought I was going to be a like wilderness guide um, in the West and ended up sticking around New England. But um, I kind of put a lot of that adventure on hold to pursue a career and actually a small business for almost a decade. And it was around the time my son was born that I reconnected with nature and continued to fall in love with the outdoors through spending time outside as a family and especially watching him interact with the natural world outside that, you know, it's just, there's so much magic in a little kid being outdoors. Like a puddle is incredible. Sticks, a pile of rocks, a pine cone, (laughs) like the really small pieces of outdoor adventure that kind of anything can be an adventure with the right mindset. Yeah. It's that stuff that we kind of almost forget about as we get older, right? You're like, you kind of look right past. And then when you have a kid, all of a sudden it's like, they're just so absorbed with all the little things. And it's really exciting to just see it through their eyes again and be like, oh yeah, that is really cool. Absolutely. Have you ever looked at a ladybug? Right. (laughs) And how they're all different, especially when you see a bunch of, yes, exactly. Totally. (laughs) We, you know, I started really small with my son and we would spend, you know, half an hour in the backyard or we'd go to a park or like, 
like a local state conservation area after daycare pickup for 45 minutes, you know, not anything, not any backpacking trips or anything, but um, <laughs> kind of as he's gotten bigger and as my second one came along and as they've both gotten a little bigger and more capable on their own two feet, we've done a little bit more hiking together and done some camping trips. And last season, um, I took them on four backpacking trips. They were all, they were all really short, still four, four backpacking trips. That is awesome. Yeah. And they love it because it's outdoor family time. They did get to just be outside and run around and use their outside voices. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And like, do you notice that with your kids too? I don't know about you, but I can tell when everybody has not been outside enough because we Mm. get like the cranky start. Like I, everybody gets so whiny and then we go outside and it's suddenly like attitudes have a major adjustment. Like it's just so nice for a reset. Yeah. We all get, we all get a little punchy if we're inside. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So true. So true. You also do solo long-term camping trips with them too. Like two weeks, did you do one last summer that was like a two week camping trip? Was yeah. It? Last summer. I mean, a lot of this has, has changed because of current circumstances, yeah. right? So we, I've spent a lot more time with them <laughs> and had a lot more opportunity to spend time with them outside. Um, last summer, I think it was 12 days. I did a 12 day car camping road trip alone with the two of them. And that was after, that wasn't my first foyer into camping alone with them. We did a couple weekends that were much closer to home camping alone with them. And and a couple of the one night backpacking trips that I took were alone with them. Again, we tried, we tried out some camping first. (laughs) And then did some of those adventures, but yeah. Yes. And I love how you're showing right away, like in all of these situations, it's not like you just automatically jumped to, you know, backpacking for a five night ordeal with your kids. It's a gradual process of introducing them to more physical exertion with longer hiking trips and then slowly doing the short backpacking trips and then, you know, car camping for longer times and then slowly building it all in. It's not like one day you're magically going to have a kid who's never been hiking or camping and go on it and an eight backpacking trip. You can't, it's just not expectations, right? (laughs) Yeah. And even, even with the road trip, like we, the first road trip I took with them was from where we are in New England to North Carolina. Um, I think it was last like January or February, we went to see some family. And so it was a 12 hour drive, which is a lot, but I broke it up into two days on the way down and stayed with a family friend. And then we stayed with family while we were down there and then did the drive on the way back. But even then we did plenty of day trips before that, where we were driving an hour and a half in the morning and an hour and a half in the evening and have the kids getting used to that sort of day, extended period of time in the car and then playing outside to burn off some energy and then extended time in the car on the way home. Yes. I love that. Like gradually extending that time too. That's something we've always done too, is that our kids kind of learn from an early age to be in the car. You know, a couple years ago, we took a massive road trip down California's coast and um, then back up through the national forest. And so that was like 40 hours we did in like a 10 day period, but we did not do that from the get go. Right. Like we had kind of acclimated them to car trips Mm -hmm. before that. Exactly. Um, I wouldn't have attempted that when they were first learning to be in their car seat or whatever. Like that would have been a nightmare probably for all of us to do one that long, (laughs) to be quite honest, but I probably would have lost it. I don't know about them, but I would have lost it. Right. 
Right. So I, I love that. Uh, it's a gradual process for sure. I think that kind of leads us into our main topic for today is in order to do these things, and especially if you're going without extra help, right? If you're taking these trips by yourself with the kids sometimes too, there's kind of a necessity that happens in taking care of yourself too, right? In order to be there and to be ready to be on for those kind of trips. So tell me, like ever since you had kids and got married, have you done these solo adventures or is this something that you oh, started no. doing recently? It's- very recent. And I'm the first person to admit that I'm generally terrible at identifying my own needs and taking care of them. Right. Like I can tell you the change in my kid's voice that he's hungry. Right. Like I can, I can tell you, I can tell you with like one slightly different twitch that he's got to go to the bathroom, but like (laughs) to to identify what I need to be like a happy, content, whole adult person. That's part of a family is so it's so hard and it's a, it's a learning process. You know, I'm the first person to bash on all the, the me, about like a mom taking a shower, like that's not self-care, right? That's like a basic no. necessity. That's not <laughs> self-care. No, that, it's not. That like, but but at the same time to that that's what happens in my own life, right? That like it's hard to it is hard to carve out time for myself. And it's hard to say that I'm that I deserve it and that it's worthwhile and that it's a positive experience. And that like with most, it's true for almost all outdoor adventure or like almost anything that you're going to do with your kids is that it takes, it takes a lot of work to set up. And when you're in the process of setting it up and packing and planning and getting everything ready and getting people in the car or whatever it is that you're doing, you question like, is all this work actually worth it? Like, is it going to be worth it to, to put all this effort into whatever thing that you're doing. And then you get out there and you're like, Oh, of course it's worth it. It's amazing. Like I should do this all the time. And then you get back and you're like, I have to do this all the time. And then you quickly forget that you need to do it all the time and you need to do it to feel whole and to feel fulfilled. And then, you know, you start back at square one where you're like packing and or planning and organizing. <laughs> it's like, is this actually worth it? Am I, is this going to be worth it? Oh my but- goodness. Yes. <laughs> I think you hit on so many good things there in that one little snippet. But like, I just, I, I love that. I think that whether it's solo, whether it's with kids, whether it's a vacation, whether it's a backpacking trip, whether it's hiking sometimes just for the day yeah. or going for our snowboarding trips, there are so many times where I question, is this worth it? Right? Like, I think we all have those feelings. And then the moment you're out there, you realize, yes, it is, but you're exactly right. It is so easy to get wrapped up in that every time because it is, it is work, right? It's not, there's things you can do to make it easier. And I think the more you do it, the the more and and the more you are intentional about the process, you can streamline things so it's not as overwhelming. Right. But it definitely it definitely does take work to do it. But I mean, most things that are worthwhile do. <laughs> so yeah, it, you know, it's not like everything comes easy all the time. And so I really love that you hit that point. And I think the other thing I really wanted to pull out that you said was we're so often are like, do I deserve this? And I think that's one of the key things I, as moms that we so often are like, but the kids need us, or but so and so needs us. And I have all these things to do at home or I have, you know, all of these other people counting on me. Mm -hmm. But the thing is we can't be there for all of those people if we don't take the time. And I am so guilty of this, but we do deserve it. And I, I love that you're making the time for this and making it happen. So 
I want to kind of dive into some of the logistics of how you're making this happen. So I noticed that a lot of your adventures are early morning and I have to admit like that is not my prime time. I am Mm -hmm. not my happiest self in the first thing in the morning, but I noticed (laughs) that you do a lot of your adventures in the early morning. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and why you do that. If it's more like a, it's the only time I can make it happen. Or if it's like, I'm really a morning person. I don't necessarily know if I'm really a morning person. I, yeah. So part of why I tend to leave really early is because it's so much easier to get out of the house when my, the rest of my family is asleep that I don't have to get everyone else ready first. There's not demands for my attention and time, um, that I can just leave and then be out of the house. And then there is no, there's no separating from my kids at the door either. I tell them that I'm doing it the night before. So they know, honestly, this is like the only time that I'm ever not with them right now. So they usually just assume that I'm (laughs) hiking if I'm not at home. They're like, they're like, uh, one time I came back and my, my almost five-year-old was like, were you at the grocery store or were you hiking? I'm like, yep. Those are the only two places that I go without (laughs) you. That's so awesome. I, I also, for the most part right now, I'm hiking in the white mountains of New Hampshire, which tends to be about a two hour drive away from my house. So I am leaving very early to get to the trailhead very early to hike for four five, six, seven, eight hours and then drive two hours home. And I do need that time away from my kids, but I also like to see them on any given day. So if I leave at three o'clock in the morning and get to the trailhead at five and then hike until noon or one or two and then drive two hours home, I'm still home with an hour or two before dinner and for all of the like bath time, bedtime routines and to tuck them in. And I've still managed to get eight, 10, 12 miles in a couple thousand feet of elevation gain. And like, I feel full. And I've also had that, like, there is something, I find something peaceful about driving by myself, especially now that I am with my family all the time and I'm not, I'm not commuting to work. Right. I, so, so I'm not, I'm not, anti that time early morning. You mean you can listen to your own music and podcasts without having to listen to the wheels on the bus for the 97,000th time? (laughs) Or just sit in silence. Sometimes my husband will be like, um, I'd be like, Hey, did you listen to this thing? I sent you on the way home. Or like, if I was out for a few minutes and I was like, no, I didn't turn on anything. It was quiet. And I enjoyed every second of it. Cause sometimes that's all I need is just a few minutes of absolute silence. I totally understand where you're coming from. Totally. I love that you are doing these full day adventures and like taking the time. So your partner, is he the one that watches the kids when you are gone? Yeah. I mean, we're lucky that, I mean, right now he has regular weekends off. So we've generally, I will say again, that I started small and slow and was not making this a regular thing for a long time. I think the first hike that I did without my kids after having kids was February of 2020. I went on a snowshoe hike in the White Mountains of New Hampshire with like five or six other adventure moms. And it was something that was planned on the books Mm -hmm. for like two months in advance. And like, I had the date marked in my calendar and I was like gearing up for it and was nervous and was like, I don't know if I could physically do this or like spending this day away from my kids on the weekend because time is so limited. And I went and it was amazing. And talking to these other moms who like also carved out time for their own adventure, um, as like a part of their, 
mental health maintenance and like life maintenance was inspiring and it was so wonderful. And so that was February. And I think the next hike I did without my kids Mm. was in July. So like, again, many months later, and again, it was like, oh, right. I love this. And this is fulfilling. And I want to do this more. And hopefully in a couple of years, my kids will be able to hike those things with me. And I'd love to have them come with me if their legs could handle it. If we weren't stopping (laughs) for snacks every five steps. And then from, from there, it was kind of like the fall last fall of 2020 is kind of when I started hiking alone more regularly. And we kind of, you know, play it by ear for the most part and see how the week goes and how the weekend's looking and make sure that there is a reciprocal agreement for like my partner and my spouse Mm -hmm. to have his time alone um, or to do something else that's important to him. I know right now options are very limited for that sort of thing. Um, But, you know, pre 2020, if he was gonna grab dinner with a friend after work, like I wouldn't say, no, that's impossible. Like, how dare you take care of yourself and <laughs> right. your social needs that way, right? That, that like, that like I understand that when other people are asking, when, when, when he's asking for that space or that time or the capacity to like do something that lets him feel fulfilled, that's not like, it's not a burden on me because I know it's yes. important to him, right? And, and I know that's important for friends or other moms in my life. So why, why wouldn't I, I, ask for that right. for myself. No, I was so, just going to say there's, yeah, sorry, there's yeah. gotta be some give and take too, right? Like you, obviously we, we need to take the time mm-hmm. for ourselves. And I think moms are more guilty about not taking it, but it doesn't mean that it, that dads don't need it too. We all need that space away from everyone else. We, and I think even more so right now, because the reality <laughs> yeah. is like, I know that I'm home with my kids pretty much 24 seven right now. And my, mm-hmm. our social life pretty much is each other right now. Like we've seen a few people outdoors on a few right. outdoor activities, but other than that, it's been pretty pretty much just us. And so my husband gets a mini break at work, but is Brit work really a break? So like you really have, it has to be give and take. And like, right. um, his thing is always snowboarding. And so he's, he has snuck away and gotten a few solo snowboard days this year. I'm not going to lie, which has been really great for him, but because, um, he's very good about taking the opportunity to, when it comes, especially when there's fresh snow, right? Like, it's like, Oh, can I go now? And yes, mm-hmm. you're going to take that opportunity. Right. But, um, there definitely has to be give and take. And I love that you're, um, paying attention to that too. And, um, so I know you said that you were meeting with um, a group at the beginning. Are you still meeting with that group or you're primarily going by yourself most of the time now? Yeah. So the group that I met with in the beginning was the Adventure Mamas Initiative has local Facebook gotcha. groups based on the regions. Um, so I joined their New England regional Facebook group, which I highly recommend any moms out there who are interested in the outdoors to find their regional Facebook group because there are some events, but there are also other resources. And it has been a great place to find other like hikes or camping spots or just the camaraderie of other women um, who love the outdoors right. and also have, happen to have kids. Right. So I have done a lot of hiking alone. Occasionally I've met up with friends and hiking with other friends is wonderful, but partly because most of my plans are relatively last minute where it's like right. you're playing it weekend by weekend. For a lot of the fall, I was hiking alone once every two to three weeks. So like every other weekend or every third weekend, I'd have one weekend day to hike alone. So yeah, because we play it kind of by ear because everyone's, you know, <laughs> everything is up in the air and especially with kids, you know, you never know when people are going to have like a really hard day or my kids are going to have a really hard day or he's going to have a really hard day at work and not want to be solo with them all day right. Saturday or Sunday. No, I get that. 
and especially hiking in the mountains. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a beginner beginner, but I'm also not like a mountaineer. So playing it um, by ear, depending on the weather, um, we've def- I've definitely canceled hikes because the weather looks sketchy. I think that's, um, oh, sorry. I so think yeah, that's super smart. And I, um, I no. think that's super smart because I am kind of in the same category, right? Definitely not a beginner, but I'm not a mountaineer. And so there are times where mm-hmm. we have done the same thing as a family too, where we're looking at it going, I just don't know mm-hmm. if this is the best scenario for today. Like this, these conditions may not be the best. And right. um, that kind of segues into the next thing I wanted to kind of ask you or ask you about. And is so going by yourself, you know, the question of safety always comes up. So can you share with us a little bit about some of the things that you do to help make sure that you're safe as far as weather conditions are, are and even, you know, just hiking by yourself. I know there's always some trepidation with going out without other people. Um, so what are some of the things that you do since mm-hmm. When you're going by yourself, that might be different than when you're going with your entire family to help you feel comfortable. Sure. One is that my backpack has the 10 essentials yes. all the time. Another thing, I always send the trail, the trail route and trailhead to my husband before traveling or before going and give him an estimated time of basically what time I'm going to leave in the morning before he wakes up and what time I should probably be at the trailhead and what time I should probably be done with the hike and then what time I should probably be home to kind of have some sort of plan so that he knows. Right. has a better understanding of when to expect me. And maybe it's because of where I'm hiking that I don't feel quite as nervous safety-wise because even though it is the mountains, it's like relatively, it's a relatively small area and it's relatively populated. And even in the winter, the trails are Mm, reasonably busy. So I hiked with a friend this past Sunday, and that was the first time that I've ever been on one of these trails where we didn't see anyone else. Yes. So the majority of the time, even though I'm starting early, I'm usually not the first person at a trailhead. And I'm usually like, there's never a time besides this last Sunday, which I think is because it's like getting into spring, like slushy snow and mud and yuckiness that... there weren't that many people out. There weren't any people out. But besides that, like I always see at least one or two dozen other people on the trail, even when it's snowy and five degrees. So, so you would say too, that if somebody maybe doesn't live in an area that's quite like that, if they were going on their own and maybe feeling a little uncomfortable, am I hearing that you would suggest maybe picking a hike that is a little bit more well-trafficked? Like I know when we go with our family, we often opt for ones that are lightly or not trafficked or not even on all trails uh, in order to try to avoid crowds. Right. But, um, I think that totally makes sense if you're going by yourself though, because then, you know, if something happens, if you fall, if, you know, who knows what happens, right? Like if you come up, you're going to come across other people on the trail that can, you know, give you assistance if need be. Totally. I think that generally either if I, if I'm hiking, um, without my spouse and my kids or even without my kids, I tend to choose trails that are in that like moderate to high traffic yeah. ranking on all trails, <laughs> um, as opposed to the lightly trafficked or no traffic at all. At least in the White Mountains of New Hampshire, there seems like there's always people around yeah. that there. Yeah, it's, it's a big mountainous area, but there are a lot of people 
who love to recreate there. So there are always people. Yeah, no, I think it's very much the same way here. Like actually we all, it's been rare that we've had a trail where we have seen no one. We almost always see somebody, right? But we do try to avoid the super highly trafficked trails because here in the Pacific Northwest, there are like all the really well-known trails get really, really busy, especially on the weekends. And so we try to avoid those Mm -hmm. a lot of the time on the weekends and try to sneak them in other times if we can. But even when we think we found like this, you know, diamond in the rough, oftentimes we'll still Mm -hmm. run into one or two other people. Like even if we're like, hey, this trail's so far out, nobody knows about this trail. Yeah, usually somebody else. (laughs) Like it's it's very rare to find one that is, I think we've only had one or two times where we've actually hiked and seen no one. So that's a really great tip. I love that. Are there any other things that you, you typically do? I know you said you take the 10 essentials and for those who aren't super familiar with those, we won't get into all of that today because that could be a whole nother episode on its on its own. <laughs> but um, I do have right. a, a link about hiking gear and those kind of things on our on our blog, so I'll make sure to put that in the show notes because it includes the ten essentials. So if you're not quite sure what all that entails, um, we'll drop that in there. But are there other things that you do besides those things? I know you said you do the ten essentials and you make sure you let your husband know where you're at. So he knows if you aren't showing up when you're supposed to, he knows to call in the call in resources and you're picking your trails that are relatively populated. Are those kind of the big things that you do? That's the, that's the big, the big ticket items for me. I know, I know there's some people who would even like leave their trail route Mm -hmm. in their car, which I think I would do for anything over the out and back or like the little loop trails that I'm doing that are just you know, a couple hours or, you know, even up to eight hours. Um, yeah. When you're on a trail, that's pretty much like, here's the main yeah. trailhead. Like it's pretty yeah. obvious where you're going, but if you're in this like huge network of trails, I see where that could be yeah. really, really beneficial to have that in your car so that somebody knew which one you were planning on doing. Right. And so in the midst of all of this, have you ever had, have you ever had a close call when you've been out by yourself? Have you ever had something either a close call or maybe something that, um, where you decided, Oh, this is kind of risky. I'm not going to keep going or anything like that. Any situations where you've been kind of like, yeah, I don't know about this. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was hiking a trail in the white mountains that links two peaks together. And my plan was to go over to the second peak. And I got up to the first peak and the wind was just so high. And it was, I mean, it was cold, but not the coldest that I've felt out there, but just there were some ominous looking clouds and really strong winds. And I had read about how the trail from uh, the ridgeline trail that links those two mountains together gets even more wind and can feel more treacherous than other sections of that trail. So I just decided to call it and not cross the ridgeline. And I think that I know that there are other people who went across to that second mountain that day and probably people who did it either before I did it in the morning or even or after I did it. And that maybe if I was hiking with someone else who had a ton of experience or I was confident, or even if I had met other people at the summit of the first mountain who were planning to go over there, I might've started down that path, but um, just decided that it was one was enough. It was great. And I would hike down and we'll try that other second peak another time. Well, and I think that's a super hard thing to do sometimes. Right. But it's really smart because if you aren't confident, that tends Mm -hmm. to be, or if you're not sure if you are ready for it, that tends to be like, oftentimes when people end up getting hurt, right. Or when something bad does end up happening. And I know like right. in snowboarding, there's always this thing, um, like never call last run, right? Like, cause every time you're like, I'm going to do one more, I've got one more inevitably. That's when you're going to fall. That's when you're going to break something. That's when like, that's when tragedy is going to strike. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this 
unwritten rule, like don't call last run when you stop and you're feeling really great and you're pretty, pretty exhausted. You're just gonna be like, all right, it was a good day. And you walk off the mountain and you call it a day. And like, I think that's the same thing, right? Knowing yourself and knowing, knowing at what point you really should just say, you know what, I'm not feeling a hundred percent about this right now. And the mountain's always going to be here. I can always come back and try again. There's nothing that says I'm a Mm -hmm. failure. If I didn't actually finish, I still had a huge accomplishment today. A climbed one mountain peak, but two uh, got out here by myself. So that's huge. And so you already accomplished major goals. And like, I think that's one of those things that sometimes we can get caught up in is like, oh, but I said I was going to do this whole thing. And it happens with us with kids too. Sometimes we're like, Mm -hmm. I want to do this hike. And it's like, we anticipated that everybody's attitudes were going to be better that day. And sometimes we have to turn around and call it right. Sometimes we get, sometimes (laughs) we make, we've done 10 mile hikes and sometimes two miles is a wine fest the whole time. And so sometimes, sometimes you just have to call it and realize that this may not be the day, whether it's weather dependent or, you know, just um, attitude dependent when the kids are along or whatever the case may be. Um, Knowing when to call it can really, it's, it's tough sometimes to do, but I think it's really smart. Yeah. Absolutely. And if there's part of me that was like, you know, I made all this effort to carve out this time and be out here by myself. And like, I drove all this way, you know, to drive an hour and 45 minutes and then to hike up the one mountain to get to the second one and like feeling like, mm-hmm. yeah, like that was a failure in some way, but, but that in no. and of itself isn't a waste. Right. Well, that like that, that time wasn't wasted just because I didn't get to the second peak and had to call it. Right. Or with, when you're out with your family, like even two miles of a wine fest isn't, it fe- can feel terrible sometimes, but it's still not, it's not a waste. No, it's not. And I think I would even like contend that instead of a failure, it's more of a win because you learned, you, you also, you listened to your mm-hmm. intuition. And I think when we get into trouble is when we stop listening to our intuition, that tends to be like when those really bad things are going to happen, right? Like when we actually are suddenly like, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. So I think that's super smart. Okay. I think on that note, that is a really good point to end on too, is that listening to your intuition and stopping, especially when you're on a solo adventure, when you feel your gut telling you this may not be the best scenario is, is a great thing. And it's not a failure. It is a win. You're, you got out, you adventured and you had an amazing time. And that alone is huge. Are there any other pieces of advice you would give to, to moms who are thinking about venturing into solo adventure? Maybe if they haven't done it before, they've only done it once or twice and they really haven't gone very far with it. And they really want to kind of stretch their limits a little bit. Um, I think thing one would be just make a plan, make the commitment to yourself and put something on paper, you know, pick a date and commit to it. And I think it's all, it'll keep rolling from there because once you get out and have that time and space to yourself, especially if it's something that you loved to do before kids or you like to do with kids, with your kids, um, at least I know for myself that now I like can't stop <laughs> trying to, <laughs> to, to do these sorts of big, bigger mountain hikes every, every chance I can get. If you can make a commitment with a friend uh, to have someone else who holds you accountable to stick to the plan, that's great too. I think that if I, if I hadn't done that first snowshoe hike with a group of other women, I it probably, I'd probably still be saying like, oh yeah, I should really get out by myself and do a hike that's more than, you know, two miles. Yeah. Just start, start somewhere. You have to start, right? Yeah. I love that. And I think that you've got 
that's exactly what I need to be doing is uh, making a plan with somebody else who's going to keep me accountable because I'm really, I'm in that boat of like, I should make this happen and then not making it happen. So <laughs> I need to actually do it. Um, I love that. And the, the other thing, I mean, the other thing that I found surprising was that, that, well, number one, my kids were fine because they're just fine when I was gone. And when I came back, they were like so excited to see me and to like hear about what I did and my experience and um, that like, that like they needed that space from me too. Right. That like they see my spouse go to work every day and they're ecstatic when he gets home and they don't have that separation from me right now. So, you know, I, I I know that they're taken care of, but I don't need to worry about that guilt that they're going to be like, they're not like pining for me. Right. They're having a blast. (laughs) And when I get home, they're super excited to see me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great reminder too, because I think that's really easy to get into is feeling guilty if you're not the one there to do it, but they're totally going to be fine. And in fact, yes, oftentimes even more excited to see you when you come home. So <laughs> I love that. Um, well, yeah. one of the one of the things we like to ask um, <laughs> everybody is, and we kind of maybe already covered this, but is there something you wish you'd known sooner about adventuring by yourself? Something you wish maybe somebody had told you or something you just like wish you had realized that has been really impactful for you? Um, I mean, I think a lot of the stuff that we've talked about is just that like, I, I do deserve it, right? I do deserve this time to fill my heart with something that I love, that it makes me a better parent and partner to have that space and to, to be doing something that I deeply care about, that obviously my kids are fine and that any of the the like home things or adventure things that we would do together or like chores, they're all going to be there. And I don't need to feel guilty about not doing something for someone else for that like small period of time while I'm taking care of myself. So good. So good. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Just, just start, just do it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And, um, lastly, is there a piece of gear or something you couldn't do without that really was like a game changer for you when it comes to, um, whether solo adventures or even family adventure, but just like something that you're like, Oh my goodness, Hmm. I wish we'd had this six years ago or five years ago. Your oldest is five, right? (laughs) Yeah. He's He turns five in a couple weeks. I don't know. I mean, there's lots of stuff that's handy, but honestly, I don't know if there's anything that's like so life-changing that you have to have that one thing. I mean, we started out, we still have a lot of the stuff we have is like hand-me-down, used, bought, bought off of Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace or like the wrong fit. Like I only recently upgraded from like a $10 day pack Amazon choice backpack to like a real hiking day pack, which, you know, that was helpful for the solo hikes where I'm going on longer, longer hikes. But I mean, start just again, just start, start where you're at and see what you need. I think that's a tip all in itself, right? That it, that you can start even that yeah gear is awesome, but you can also start with what you have for the most part. I mean, obviously the 10 essentials are an important piece, but like those are a lot of those things are pretty simple. You either, you probably have something that works around the house. And if not, you know, there are very inexpensive options for everything. So I think that's a really great, a great tip too. And um, I know that for us, like one thing that really was kind of a fun and it was silly, right? Like it wasn't even like a fancy backpack or anything to begin with. But when we first started giving our kids their own backpacks, they would be like empty with like Mm. one granola bar and maybe like a stuffed animal that they had to take with them, right? For the hike. And I don't, I can't, 
can't tell you like how their attitudes changed. They were so excited to have their own backpack because they felt so special. And it was nothing like they just had like their Walmart backpack or their Target backpack that grandma had bought them to begin with. And it didn't matter because it just was a fun thing for them. So I think that's a really great tip to end on is that you can just start with what you have and, you know, fill in, fill in as you go and start small and, and continue to, to grow your gear and grow your adventures, um, as, as you do. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Lydia, for joining us today. I am so stoked to share this topic because clearly it's one that I need to work on myself, (laughs) but I think, I think it's really good for all of us to remember that we, we really do have to take the time for ourselves, um, first and foremost, so that we can be there for, for all the other adventures. So thanks. Exactly. Thank you so much for having me. I can, I, like I said, I can talk about this. I can talk about adventuring same, same for forever. <laughs> okay, Lydia. And thanks again for joining us today. And can you tell everybody where we can connect with you and where we can find you. Sure. I am on Instagram at my adventure gang and I do have a blog, which is myadventuregang.com. Although don't judge me by it because it's very old and outdated. <laughs> I've put more work into adventuring than actually updating the blog. Well, so that's, that's pretty far behind. That's ultimately but, the goal, yeah. right? Is to adventure. So I exactly. love it. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks again to Lydia from My Adventure Gang for joining us on the podcast today. Um, It was a lot of fun talking with you, and now I'm even more motivated to try to make my own solo adventures happen. So I just wanted to leave you guys with a few takeaways from our conversation. First and foremost, if you are craving solo adventure, remember that you deserve it. Schedule it. Make it happen. Trade off with a partner, with a friend, with your spouse, for childcare, and make it happen. Secondly, if you're having trouble making it happen or following through with that, find your crew. So Lydia found that her first time going without the kids and without her spouse was made much easier by joining in another crew of adventure mamas who really love to go out and do things in nature. And so she mentioned that she found her moms on adventuremamas.com and in a Facebook group found her local community and was able to coordinate to go with a meetup with them. So I encourage you to check that out. I actually have joined our local Facebook group here and I'm hoping to join in a meetup when things start to open up a little bit. And last but not least, safety measures. There are a few things that Lydia always does to make sure that she feels comfortable going out on the trail, whether she's by herself or whether she's even with just her kids. And three of those things are carrying the 10 essentials, which you should do no matter which, whether you're going with someone else or not. And if you don't know what those are, I'll make sure to put a link in the show notes so you can find out more details. And secondly, she makes sure that she always leaves her route or trailhead information with her spouse. And that's a great idea to do. We try to do that as well to let somebody know where we're going and including your expected return time. That way, if you don't show up or you haven't said, hey, we're we're back home, we're safe, then somebody can let the proper people know so that they can come check out everything and make sure that you're okay. And last but not least, she likes to choose relatively populated trails. That way, if something does happen, she's not out there way, way out in the wilderness all by herself. And she knows that somebody is going to be coming along the trail before too long. And that makes her feel a lot more comfortable. Figure out what you need to feel safe and take those precautions and make it happen. And thanks again for joining us today, Stoke fam. We're so excited to be showing up in your ears each week. If you're enjoying the show, we would be so, so grateful if you would take just a moment and give us a rating or review on iTunes. That's going to help us grow so we can reach more people and continue to bring more awesome guests to you. That's it for today. Adventure more, stress less. We'll see you out there. <laughs>